Hello and welcome to Counterthought, a podcast dedicated to my counterthoughts about mainstream media, politics, and culture, and the impact on our nation. I am your host, Brian Fletter. You can follow this podcast on its Facebook page, Counterthought Podcast, on Instagram at counter underscore thought, and on Twitter at counter underscore podcast. Welcome to this privileged episode of Counterthought. It is a privilege to have you as a listener, subscriber, and follower. And if you are only a listener, please become a subscriber and follower. To start, I want to inform you that listening to this episode about privilege from one of your devices, laptop, cell phone, means that you are privileged. That's right. You are privileged because you have access to the internet. Now, since a privilege can be something so common in today's United States, what exactly is privilege? Privilege has two primary definitions for this podcast. We're not going to go down Webster's dictionary or dictionary.com or anything like that, but two primary definitions that are related to the scope of today's argument. The first definition of privilege is unearned access to resources that are only readily available to some people because of their social group membership. It's an advantage or immunity granted to or enjoyed by one societal group above and beyond the common advantage of all other groups, according to the National Conference for Community and Justice. And the focus is unearned, which is defined as having an advantage that is out of your control and that you didn't ask for. Second definition, and this is one I have a problem with, is privilege is an advantage that is considered a normal, common state. In other words, you are not above what's normal or common to society. Instead, it is considered a privilege to be normal or common. And now that we've defined privilege, what are some of these privileges? Well, first, a privilege identity is a social group that is positively valued, considered superior, independent, or, quote, normal, and has access to resources and power. First up on this list is religious privilege, which in the United States is getting at Christian privilege. I myself am a Christian, so let's see what I'm privileged of. Religious privilege, Christian privilege, means being able to find a place of worship near you and feeling a sense of connection between your religious celebrations or holidays and wider society. So in the United States, that would be Easter and Christmas. And as I'll get to a bit later, I'm pretty sure we can agree that there are plenty, millions of people who celebrate Easter and Christmas that don't really practice the Christian faith, at least not to the best of their abilities. Second is class privilege, such as the wealthy or upper class compared to the middle or lower class. Heterosexual or straight privilege means never having to worry about coming out or feeling unsafe when holding hands with your significant other in public or censoring yourself around different groups that find your orientation uncomfortable or wrong. Straight privilege also means seeing your romantic and family aspirations represented in films, music, and everyday conversations. Male privilege, another one of mine. Male privilege is the respect you get at work, the higher pay that you get for the same position as a woman, and being able to walk around at night without fear of being jumped, molested, or even raped. 
Then there is white privilege, another one of mine. White privilege means unfair, unequal treatment because of your white race compared to black, Asian, Hispanic as the top four here in the United States. Adult privilege. <laughs> now, adult privilege literally made me laugh just like it did now whenever I read it. Um, I'm not kidding. Adult privilege is listed. And for any of you, well, most of you, I'm sure all of you who are listening and that are adults, I know for myself and I think probably most of you, you would agree that there are a lot of times in daily life as an adult that we would rather be children again. Because children meant... You went to school, especially elementary school, came home, played, had what, maybe 30 minutes of homework, maybe an hour if you were in fifth grade. Go to school, see your friends, have PE, play, have recitals, have talent shows, have field trips, get to go on family trips. You don't have to pay any bills. You don't have to go buy groceries. You don't have to balance a budget. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff. But the NCCJ says that there is such a thing as adult privilege. Then there is also temporarily privilege, which means that you do not have any sort of disorder or condition, uh, physical or mental. Cis privilege means being born a boy or a girl and remaining whichever one you were born as. So myself, I was born a boy and I am now a man and identify as a man. Then here's another one, thin privilege. Yes, thin as in your body type. Means not being overweight, not being fat shamed, and being able to walk into a department store and finding clothes that fit you right off the rack, right off the shelf. Now of that list, there are a few privileges that I'd listed um, that I disagree with wholeheartedly. And it's those privileges that are saying that you have a privilege that should be considered normal state or common across society. And when I say normal state, I mean like when you were designed by God, his perfect design for a person, a baby, is to be healthy, able-bodied, full-functioning at whatever age it is that they are. So to say that someone is privileged because they are able-bodied I disagree with that because then you are saying that the norm is a privilege compared to people who are not able-bodied. Now, I, it's not, I'm not trying to make it sound like I have, you know, um, ill feelings or anything like that or don't, you know, wish that people who have a physical or mental condition didn't have those conditions. I obviously want everyone to be healthy and able-bodied. But to drop down the bar so that if you do have a condition or a disorder to be normal, then you're putting a majority of the population, vast majority of the population, with an able-bodied privilege. And I disagree with that mindset. Also, um, I didn't list it in that list, but there is also height privilege. Um, being tall, so I'm six foot three, or six foot two and five eighths, um, if we want to be exact. And yeah, there's great things with height. I've had to help people before in grocery stores reach things on the top shelf, especially if they're tucked, you know, on the back half of the shelf, lean back in my chair and reach something from on the other side of my desk or what have you, or 
over here at the end of the desk or, you know, reach other items. Great. Basketball helped playing certain sports. Um, but there are plenty of times when being, I guess, the average male height would have been really beneficial or maybe even below the average height. Typically, you're smaller. You tend to be faster, quicker, can fit in better spaces, don't have to take such a far trip to go to bend down to pick something up and then stand back up. If you're lifting weights, your range of motion is shorter and therefore you can push more weight. That's physics, so don't argue with me on that one. Uh, and I already mentioned adulthood, which I think was a, a bunch of junk. Say that being an adult is a privilege. I mean, children, you will get there when you get there. Trust me, when you get to adulthood, there's going to be plenty of times where you wish you could go back to childhood. Now, one of the focuses of this grand topic of privilege in today's day and age, for the people I think who are being rational and reasonable about it, is to educate. To educate people because most people, they say, are not aware of the privileges that they possess. And that the reason for this education is not to, it's not designed to make people feel guilty or to diminish their achievements. Instead, it's about waking up to how you may have certain privileges and how that is an essential first step towards being able to decisively act in either small or large ways. And to use that privilege and make the systems we were born into fairer. Now I can get behind that. I can get behind that 100%. Pay your privilege forward. If you benefited from something, let's say growing up in an affluent household, use your resources that come from that to help others who have not or did not grow up in an, in an affluent household. Help those in need. If you have great intelligence, use that intelligence to help others who can benefit from it. Whatever it is that you're passionate about, use that intelligence to benefit others. Pay it forward. Give people, offer people a hand up, not a handout. It's a handout people will just take and not learn from anything. That's like Catching someone a fish they eat for a day, teach a person how to fish, and they can eat for a lifetime. However, I don't know how many of you feel like this, but I know I do. When you look at the topic of privilege, it doesn't seem like that's being communicated. The education aspect, the goal of that education to bring awareness and to implore people to pay it forward. That doesn't seem like what's what's happening. Instead, when I hear about privilege, it makes me sound like people are attacking me, attacking me for things that they say I have benefited from when they know nothing about me, that they're trying to diminish the achievements of those with any of those privileges that I listed. So what do I mean by that? Privilege stinks of accusations and assumptions. The audacity that someone has when they just attack you with the different privileges that they believe you had growing up in your past, by saying someone that benefited from certain privileges, they're assuming that they know the person's history, such as where they grew up, how much money their family had, what jobs they've had, what their work history has been, what trials they went through, if any, where they went to school, the decisions and the choices that they made that put them where they are today. And like I said, the audacity of someone to come out and say, look at you as a person, again, judging the book by its cover, and saying, hmm, let me look at you up and down real fast, all right. I see you are white. 
tall, thin. Okay, whatever you're doing now today, speaking in this podcast, you're there because of privilege. And you're even privileged because you can afford the laptop and the equipment, microphone, pop filter, and I'm pretty sure I'm using a free pair pair of earbuds. All of that is because of your privilege. And all you have is because of your privilege. Can you believe that? A person would know not one thing about me, looks me up and down, and assumes that I'm here because of my privilege. They know nothing about me, and that's what irks me. They don't know, and this is speaking now a broader range, the assumptions that they're making and the accusations and how ridiculous it is. Let's say you judge the book by its cover, an individual, and you think you have them pegged based on how they look. Little did you know, they were on food stamps at one point growing up in their life. Little did you know that one of their parents died when they were a child or maybe walked out on the family. Little do you know that maybe there was some form of abuse in the household and they overcame it. Little did you know that they didn't go to college, but they taught themselves whatever skills they needed to to be successful today. Little did you know that for the first five to ten years of their career, they made they lived paycheck to paycheck, and now they live with abundance. Little did you know all of these things before you just assumed that based on what they're doing today was because of their privilege. That is ridiculous. And that's why this conversation, I feel like, gets stuck and doesn't go anywhere. The assumptions and the accusations are ridiculous. Now for the accusations. When you assume that someone has benefited from their privilege, you are accusing a third party of multiple things. So let's say I benefited from being white. Let's say I benefited from being white in terms of employment. That means you are accusing my past employers of choosing me for my skin color. And that would be calling my past employers racist. You're saying that it has nothing to do with my education for the job I got. That it's because of my race? Not only does that attack me and diminish what I accomplished in the hours and time that I put forth in school to study and get good grades and get my degrees, but then you're accusing a third party of looking or not looking at at those things, the merits, and instead looking at my skin color and choosing me because of my skin color. That's, That's ridiculous. And I think people do that, not everyone, hopefully just a select few. But I think people do that because they know that there are no repercussions for what they're saying. They're never going to meet that third party. The odds that the individual that they are attacking, you know, or trying to diminish their accomplishments, is going to act against them is very slim. I mean, unless you're walking around with a prepaid legal service or you're your own lawyer, have a good friend, which would be privileged. You're just going to wait until those people shut up and move on. So there's like no repercussions for the, for the accusers. And like I said, that's where the conversation gets stuck. Because if people are going to assume that you benefited from a privilege and or accuse others of extending a privilege to you, and that's all you're ever going to do, then you're never going to believe that a privilege that you have or that someone has now can be used to help someone else to extend that privilege, to pay it forward, as I mentioned earlier. 
The benefit of a privilege is to use it to help others. Now, I know if I had enough money for it, one of the things I want to do is to extend my financial privilege or because of financial, the class privilege maybe, to have enough money to be able to donate to the scholarship program through my church to be able to send kids to um, their summer camps who can't, whose families cannot afford to pay for it. I mean, it's, I think, at least a couple hundred dollars, but to be able to write a check to send X number of kids to camp would be fantastic. I mean, that's something that touches me in my heart that I would want to do for others. Not hoard all my money and just put it in the bank and, or <laughs> not the bank, uh, investments, that'd be more wise choice, um, and just sit there and watch it grow. I'm not going to be that selfish. I want to help others. Pay it forward. If you have a high level of intelligence, use that. Teach others whatever the passion comes from it. Tutor someone. Pay it forward. Tutor hundreds. Pay it forward. Create something that will benefit others who are in need. Pay it forward. Now, when the conversation about privilege ends, it's because the focus is on the wrong people. Like I said, the privilege conversation, there's one side where the point is to make people aware of, of a privilege that they may have and get them to extend it to others. Now, I'm well aware that there are cases where privilege is extended to others by others. And that's where the focus of the conversation needs to shift to. Like if I apply for a job and I'm one of 10 people who apply for this position. I'm not the hiring manager. I don't see who else they're interviewing. You know, you go into a room, you get interviewed, you leave. Interviews take place over weeks at a time. And as an interviewee, you're not privy to that information. But if the hiring manager and whoever else involved says that they want to hire someone because they are, they went to a good school compared to the other candidates, but maybe they have the least amount of experience. You could say that's privilege, but you don't blame the person who got the job and was hired by those people, by that company. You would go to the source, the root, the root cause of the issue, which is the decision makers. That's where we need to be focusing the attention when privilege does occur. Focus needs to go to the decision makers that favor those people with the certain privileges, certain characteristics. If we do that, we can cut out true forms of privilege, biases, at the root. Talk to the people who are making the decisions to extend those privileges to others. Like I said, at the first definition, privilege is something unearned, something that you can be born with or maybe bestowed upon you if it has to do with you know, growing up in a certain type of household or having certain types of financial or societal um, resources. But just because something is given to you doesn't mean that you necessarily are using it. It only is used in these cases by decision makers, by a third party. So the conversation to nip it in the bud needs to go to that third party. And the second definition that I read, which is lowering the bar to where something that is normal or common across greater society is now trying to be considered as a privilege. And the wrong argument of privilege is trying to get to, I think the root of that is trying to get to this 
larger goal of equity or the equality of outcomes, which is unattainable unless your whole life is run by someone else, i.e. the government, unless a ceiling is put on everyone's success and those who are unable to reach that ceiling are lifted up to the ceiling and those who could surpass the ceiling are then pushed down to the ceiling. You can't guarantee equality of outcomes. I mean, there are family members. I myself have two siblings. We grew up in the same household. Um, the same values were taught to us. We grew up in the same church and Sunday school and still attend church and everything today, but we aren't the same people. Equality of outcomes means that everything would have to be the same, even down to every decision. I work in one industry. My two siblings work in the same industry, but different fields. They don't have the same job. Far from it. My parents, their siblings, they don't have the same job. Grew up in the same household, same parents. So you can't guarantee an equality of outcomes. That is that is something that will never be attained. But what I'm seeing is that there are a lot of different a lot of different topics or society or conversations that are happening, changes that are trying to be made in order to get you to that equality of outcomes. You just have to be aware. You have to be woke. Equality of outcomes by punishing people who have certain privileges, certain traits that are unearned for them, certain ones that they cannot control, is trying to push down certain individuals and lift others up. And like I said, when true privilege or bias is extended, you need to go to the people who are making those decisions, especially if it is something that has to do with racism. Now, looking at two candidates for a job, for example, that have the same work experience, but went to different levels of colleges, I don't see any issue selecting the person who went to a school with a higher reputation. That reputation was earned, and the person completed their degree from that that higher reputable college, so they earned that. Giving someone the job in that scenario is not extending privilege or bias to anyone. Now, for anyone who's listening to this episode and, you know, or seen or followed me anywhere on social media and you know that I am white, if you instantly think, oh, he has all these privileges because he's white, I'd like you to respond to these questions. So we live in the United States of America. I myself live in Florida, um, heavy Hispanic population. My background is Europe. I am, I believe, five or six generations removed from anyone coming over from Europe, uh, specifically Germany on my dad's side to speaking German. I know zero German, um, except maybe like five words, water, congratulations, school, no, you know, <laughs> like five words. So living in Florida, um, back to my point, heavy Hispanic population. I consider it a privilege for those who live in the state of Florida or anywhere in the United States because there is a large Hispanic population and I believe the projections are that eventually the Hispanics will become the majority in the United States. I consider it a privilege that they know two languages. They grew up in the United States. They probably heard Spanish at home from their parents or aunts and uncles that maybe lived with them or lived nearby or their, their abuelas or abuelos. And then they go out into school and public school system taught English. I mean, that's the main language of the United States. So now they're bilingual. Well, that's a privilege. I would love to be bilingual and apply for jobs, especially in the state of Florida. Are you kidding me? Also, if I have white privilege, I was really into sports. Now I had aspirations of being a professional athlete. Didn't get anywhere close to that. 
like most kids, but I wanted to be one. And I can't help but notice that most of the professional athletes in the sports of basketball and football are black athletes. Why is that the case? Well, it's shown that black athletes have more fast twitch muscles, muscle fibers. Fast twitch muscle fibers give you speed, power, quickness, greater strength, run faster, jump higher, move more quickly, be able to accelerate in and out of your brakes, power to push, to pull, to jump. That's privilege when it comes to the sports of basketball and football and many others, track and field. So everyone has a privilege. Everyone has a privilege, but back to my point. The point of identifying and recognizing that you have privilege is to extend, to use your privilege to benefit others. Don't allow people to get you caught up in defending yourself of a privilege that you've had or you currently have. Use the result of that privilege to help others who don't have certain privileges. Don't listen to the people who make it about themselves, about them being a victim. We all make our own choices. We all live with the consequences of our choices. Teach my kids, good choices, good consequences. Bad choices, bad consequences. Good effort, probably going to get good results. No effort or bad effort, no results or bad results. So we are in control more than a lot of us think or allow ourselves to believe of our own lives. Please don't be a victim of your own circumstances. Do what others have done before you. And if you don't like your circumstances, do whatever you can do to change them. That's one of the greatest things about the United States of America. You come here and you are truly free. Free to do whatever it is that you want. Free to chase your dreams, make your own dreams, live your life. The road will not be perfect along the way, but you still have the privilege of living in this great country to accomplish everything that you want. All right, that's it for this episode. Remember to subscribe and engage with me on Instagram at counter underscore thought, on Twitter at counter underscore podcast, and on the Counterthought podcast page on Facebook. Thank you for listening to Counterthought.